And it wasn't until I really went into the depths of why am I so passionate to help small businesses succeed, especially women-owned, it was that I discovered that anytime I supported a woman-owned, I would see my mom. My name is Lucy Key. I am on a mission to teach Latinas how to build generational wealth by healing their relationship with money invest in the stock market, and launch an online coaching business. I am a mom, a wife, coach, speaker, and author who went from believing I had to work mentally and physically hard for my money to now having multiple investment accounts. On this show, I share the strategies to manage your dinero, all things finance, and wealth building for Latinas. Welcome to Say Hola Well Podcast. Lista, let's go. You are listening to episode 22, how to activate and align your purpose to grow your business with Pam Covarrubias. Pam is an embodiment business coach teaching entrepreneurs to decolonize their business practices so they can amplify their voice tap into their intuition and flow with the natural rhythms in our body and business. Hi, Pam. Welcome to Say Hola Well podcast. How are you? I am well. Gracias por having me. I, I've told you before I hit record on the podcast that I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> and so <laughs> I cannot wait to dive into the work that you're doing but I want to start by asking you a question that I typically ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your relationship with money and how did you grow up? Yeah, that one's a fun one because my relationship with money, is a, it's been a journey. I'm still building it. We're still becoming really good, solid friends. <laughs> I grew up with privilege in Mexico City, and then I came to the U.S. and I was poor. And so... That's was a pretty solid shock to my nervous system to be able to go to private school. And I mean, P.S., private school in Mexico City and, and Mexico specifically is not like you're rich. It's just like <laughs> you are not going to private school. And there's levels also of private schools. And so I grew up in Mexico City with a level of privileges that I didn't have when I moved to the U.S., and so my mom then became the cleaning lady and I was going to public school, which public school in the U.S. is different. But just from the way that I grew up, I was like, what's what's happening? And in my teens, it was shocking to to a lot of things. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, wow. You're saying so much right now that I'm just like thinking about how. Um... OK, Pam, let me just kind of unfold everything that you just shared with us. So first of all, you mentioned how your relationship with money, it still is evolving. And I love how you use like I'm still working on becoming best friends with it. Right. And that is I want to say one of the the biggest takeaways of what you just said, and we're just getting started, is how we need to understand that our relationship to money it's not something that you own, you take care of it, and you're done as you continue to evolve, whether it's in your career, entrepreneurship, 
with your partner if you have one right like all of those money conversations keep going and going and going and there's times when yes you get to feel fully abundant but also there's times when you have a setback in your money journey in the healing with your money story and that's okay the thing that we need to um really understand is that it's a journey. It's no, it's not something that I'm going to run it and I'm going to finish and I'm going to be done. Right. So I appreciate you sharing that. The other thing I want to point um, this conversation towards is how you talk about you being maybe like a, what's considered a middle class in Mexico city. And then coming mm -hmm. to the States, you were what I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, like part of the lower class. Right. Yeah. So what was going through your mind when all these changes were happening? You know, I was very confused <laughs> because there's a lot of layers to transitioning countries. And in my case, I went from having a secure house to being arrimada with my primos. I went from knowing my friends for a long time to moving into a school that I had never been. I went from like speaking the language to learning the language. And so there were a lot of layers that happened in there. And then on top of that, you plug in, you know, hearing the comments from my mom of like, no me alcanza or tengo que ahorrar or, you know, I have to get another job before. So all of those things are truly what shaped a lot of my understanding of how I manage money. But really my, my true money story became, began when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but the first story of money that I remember started with my dad and then all of the different pieces that I went through when I moved here truly kind of like shaped who I became and how my relationship with money has become and continues to evolve. And I mean, I don't know if we ever stop really becoming best no. friends with money. <laughs> I want to <laughs> say you, you don't, you don't finish. You just learn to be comfortable and you learn to um, recognize the signs, right? Because even for me, like I, I, I'm still healing from money trauma and that's exactly what it is, by the way, which a lot of us are comfortable hearing the word trauma. And then when you put mm -hmm. the, the trauma and money, you're like, what's wrong with me? And the reality <laughs> is that there's nothing wrong with us. You know, there's nothing wrong with Pam. There's nothing wrong with Lucy. There's nothing on, uh, nothing wrong with the mujeres that are listening. It's just that we were exposed to so much growing up. And that's why our view around money has shaped those beliefs, but we can, we get to choose what beliefs we want to adopt and implement. So I also want to ask you, because I, like I said, I was checking out your page. I was learning about you <laughs> and I was fascinated with the work that you're doing, which is really talking about um, cultivating and align your purpose and how that has helped you grow your business. So can we dive into that? Um, why is it so important for us to align our business with our passion or our vision? Yeah, well, I think for me, for example, I became the business coach my mom needed. And it wasn't until I really went into the depths of why am I so passionate to help small businesses succeed, especially women-owned, it was that I discovered that anytime I supported a woman owned, I would see my mom because she 
in Mexico, she ran a full successful business. She had, I don't know, like dozens of employees. I was constantly working in the business or trying. She wouldn't let me, but you know, I was in there. And so really understanding why I do what I do allowed me to serve my clients better. And so that's what I invite people to do is to really ask themselves, why did I decide to solve this problem? Because anyone who starts a business, they want to solve a problem. And right. so really understanding the the depths as to why are you doing this, then it can, it can really give a direction as to how you can continue because there's going to be times when you want to give up. And so really looking at why, why are you doing this can also always bring you back into, all right, this is why I'm doing it. So I'll keep it going. Yeah. And I want to say that there's many, many times when you want to give up, right? Because so many. that is the cycle <laughs> of entrepreneurship and also the cycle of if you're the first one in your family doing something like this, it can be so nerve wracking and you're going to start doubting your ability to even think of yourself as like, am I really like is this really something important that I need to continue to do? I always tell my clients, no tiren la toalla. You know, don't no tiren la toalla right away. Like you have to keep trying because yes. earning money is a test. It's an experiment that we have. Mm-hmm. To, I think all of us need to need to do at some point in our life. So on your page and the, the business model that you coach people on, you talk about the body cycle and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all ears. So what does that mean? <laughs> yes. So I love science and I want to give a shout out to Dr. Martha, who taught me the intricacies of the biology of humans. And when I am ADHD, so I have ADHD and for a long time, I thought my brain was broken. And so in my journey of exploring, why do I not function the way that neurotypical people do? I found that humans are cyclical, just like the earth. So we have seasons in the earth, you know, summer, spring, autumn, winter, the sun has cycles, you know, it, it rises and it, and it, um, What's the opposite of rising? Se levanta y se cae, no? <laughs> the sun, the moon has cycles. And so there's plants have cycles. You know, there's a lot of things that in our environment that are cyclical. We are cyclical as well. And so the body cycles that I work with are the main three. And these are for bodies who bleed. If you don't bleed, then we use the two. So the three are circadian rhythms. So it's you're you're waking up and you're going to bed time internal. Everyone has a different circadian rhythm. Your ultradian rhythms, which are the waves in your brain that give you that energy peak and then that lower energy. And then the menstrual cycle, which is for those humans who bleed. If you don't bleed, then we can use a different way of of tracking your cyclicality and the body rhythms really can inform the best ways for you to be productive. I'm a recovering procrastinator. And so I dove into all of this biology internally to become a more effective, not more productive because I'm not a, we're not in a rat race. Like I'm, I don't subscribe to, you know, work until your eyes bleed type of thing, but more so what are the best times for me to get this type of work done? And so that's where the body rhythm rhythms come from. That is so fascinating, by the way. As you're describing <laughs> this, I'm like, I need to take notes. I'm like, no, I just have to listen. <laughs> this is it's so fascinating. And thank you so much for being honest about, you know, you mentioning that you have ADHD because I actually have clients that, um, actually not clients, but I have friends that also have that, but they have learned to control it. To mask it. Mm-hmm. And they it's have learned to listen to it and they have learned to 
be so productive and actually make money within their business, right? So this is fascinating. Where am I going with this? I'm like, let me look at my notes. Now. <laughs> um, can you also talk about the liberated embodiment of your business method, which I also saw somewhere? <laughs> yes, I do want to comment though on the ADHD piece. I don't think there's anything to be shameful of to be to have ADHD. I think, especially in the Latina community, it's been so like shamed to have mental health challenges and we all have them. I mean, with my training in EFT and in tapping that maybe we'll talk about, I've learned that every single body is a traumatized body. So you mentioned trauma in the beginning. Everyone is walking around with trauma. It's a real thing and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And the thing is that if we don't work on it, then, you know, we're going to just keep being traumatized bodies. And so to go back to your question of the liberated business. So I, as I was starting working on my business, when I first, first launched, I wasn't always a business coach. I was a brand strategist, but I'm a designer by trade. And so when I first quit my job, I was like, what is something that I can do without learning? So design is what I can do. And then, so I hired coaches to help me get a better, do a better business. Right. And the tactics and the strategies that were given to me didn't feel right because they felt problematic in a lot of ways that they felt predatory towards people in so many ways. And so as a rebel, I'm a rebel at heart. I'm always questioning all of the things that are taught. And I would always get in trouble, P.S., because I'm always like, why? Why is that? (laughs) (laughs) And so what happened with when I was in that journey, I started questioning all of the strategies that were given to me that didn't quite feel right. And even when I tried doing them, they would not like come through in the best way because I wasn't fully bought into them. And so I started deconstructing different principles that are given in business and making them liberated so that it benefits everyone, not just the business owner. So I started deconstructing a lot of the predatory practices in marketing. I started deconstructing a lot of the strategies for sales and like really oppressive sales tactics that are taught to businesses. And I learned also that because I do have a trauma informed practice, all of those tactics that are being taught to so many businesses are so harmful for people of color, for people of the global majority, because we already carry a lot of trauma in our body. Not that white people don't. And people of color do have much like just deeper layers of trauma. And so when we experience those businesses that have predatory practices, it's really, it's really oppressive to us. And so I didn't want to take part of that. So I went and deconstructed all of the things and created the, the liberated business roadmap, which is what I teach. And I love that. And I want to say that I I have had several coaches now since I launched my business in 2019. And throughout the process of working with different business coaches, I I want to say that I was also in that seat of this is how you get to sign clients fast. And these are the things that you need to do in the marketing. And I, I was disgusted by it so yes. much. Like yes. I... Because I was, uh, at the moment, I was also going through the trauma of money and trying to heal my story and all of that, right? And so when I have, uh, when I had a business coach that said, this is what you need to do. And I was like, conflicting, like what you're saying, like, I, I want to grow my business. I want to serve my community, but I 
definitely don't want to take advantage of anybody, right? right? And I remember having the conversation with my husband and he he was saying like, you, you, you know what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. use the techniques that serve you. Yes, they're teaching you about the online business, and, but you have been doing business for longer than that, right? Like it's not that you just became a coach in 2019. Like you were already doing that with the title of top executive and leadership, right? And so I had to, in a way, do that. And I, I, I guess I never thought of it as like deconstructing it, like you're saying right now. But I was like, yeah, essentially, you have to find what works for you to serve our community. And of course, to make money in a way that makes you feel abundant and happy and full of purpose. So throughout the process that you're going of deconstructing all of these techniques, uh, did you ever had any money beliefs that were coming and going? And how did you unlearn them? All the time. (laughs) All the time. Yeah. Because I mean, it's interesting how there's always in money. I see money as a relationship with something, with a human. And so when I share, I'm, I'm becoming best friends with money. It's because it truly feels like a friendship. And so when I was going through, and I still do, I mean, the, like money relationship is not like we just become best friends and it happens. Like we have some arguments from time to time, you know, <laughs> we disagree on something. And so, yeah, I encountered a lot of scarcity, a lot of lack of belief in my work because I didn't see people represented that looked like me. And so I was like, ooh, am I? going to be able to make it happen also because I have a very skewed way of thinking that's not the the typical I don't yeah. teach you know like those predatory practices I I don't encourage the working really hard I encourage rest I tell people look I have learned that sometimes I make more money when I rest and it's something that especially for Latinos for Latines because our bodies have been so conditioned to overwork and undercharge oh. then the belief of or even the not even the belief because it's not belief yet but the thought of I'm going to take a nap and make money while I do that is so far from reality. And so I had to work through that. I had to really understand that it was possible to do. And it wasn't until I created evidence for myself that I was able to then really shift that perspective and that belief. And the tool that I use to also help me reprogram the way that I believe in things is is EFT, is tapping. Okay, I'm ready to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned about tapping last year for the first time in my in my adult life and I became fascinating and I'm not expert you're the expert but what I've learned is how important is tapping to help you regulate your nervous system especially when it comes to um, creating a budget for example like I have I have clients that I coach now that I have been teaching them some of these practices and again I'm not an expert I'm just sharing what I'm learning but I I did ask a couple clients like if you start feeling anxious when you're about to do your budget or in the moment of doing your budget, your spending time, excuse me, spending plan, try doing these tapping exercises that I've learned and they work for me and they work for them too. So let's go back to what is tapping for those people, those mujeres that have no idea what that is. Totally. So it's weird. I want to preface it with it's really strange. It's unusual. However, naturally humans tap all the time. So once I explain it, you're going to notice that you do that, listeners. Everyone taps just inconspicuously without planning it because naturally we self-soothe. So kids, little kids, they have 
tantrums because they're self-soothed because their nervous system needs to just release all the energy that's been held. And so then they drop on the floor and they cry. And that's a way that's a way to self-soothe and release. Uh, adults don't do that because that would be kind of rid- like we've been taught that it would be kind of ridiculous to like drop on the floor and shake. Right. <laughs> Animals do that. If you pet a dog or anything, they get any anytime they get up, actually, if they're laying down, they get up and they they shake. That's a way to self-soothe and release energy from the nervous system. So foundations of tapping are three things. The meridian points in the body. So it's rooted in traditional Chinese medicine. And also to make sure that it's it's very clear, there's so many ancient modalities that use meridians in the body. So traditional Chinese medicine are the points that we use in tapping. There's also Ayurvedic medicine who uses meridians. There's Mayan medicine who uses meridians in the body. So this is like ancient practices that go like thousands of years back. So the meridian points in the body because our nervous system is everywhere in our body. Then we have NLP, neurolinguistic programming. So NLP is the words that we use and how they support the rewiring of the of the brain. NLP also people use affirmations for to kind of like rewire those beliefs. What happens with affirmations is that there it, it just takes longer. If you just repeat things over and over, it will work. It just takes longer. So NLP and energy psychology. So it does have an element because for clinical EFT, which is the EFT that I do, we do work in trauma. And so that's where those elements come in. For a, creating a spending plan, it's great. I, I tap all the time when it comes to creating a spending plan because yes, to your point, it does regulate the nervous system. And what happens when your nervous system is regulated? Well, our amygdala is turned on. And the amygdala is a little tiny gland in the back of our brain that t- it rules our fight or flight mode. And the thing is that the amygdala is so ancient. It lives in the in the really old part of our brain. And the amygdala hasn't caught up with the times. So our amygdala doesn't know that it's a text notification. The amygdala doesn't know that it's the boss sending us an email. It doesn't know that somebody rang a bell. The amygdala thinks it's a bear chasing me, coming to eat me, you know? And so our fight or flight mode, it's super activated. And then on top of that, right now we add pandemic, we add different things that are happening in in the world, systemic racism, inequality, all of that stuff. Well, our amygdala is like at high alert all the time. And what happens when we're at high alert is that our nervous system is activated and it's sending all all the resources to our limbs so we can run away from danger. And when that happens is that our resources are not being sent to the brain, which is what we used to think. So as we regulate, then we're able to come into a neutral point so we can make better informed decisions, so we can come from a place of neutrality and groundedness, and then really really jump into whatever it is we need to jump into. So that's kind of like the first step into tapping. And then we can get into the deeper stuff that we can do with it. But that's like basics, why tapping is important. I'm fascinated by this practice, by the way. And as you're describing (laughs) these, I'm like, yeah, like yes to everything you're saying, because we have so much going on. We in life, our work, our business, los nenes, las nenas, right? There's all these all these things and all these people that need us. And so I I continue to practice tapping. And you talk about the brain and how it's always on alert. I want to talk about this, um, this thing that I realized was happening to me. So growing up, we were always moving, right? We were always moving. We were always like, hey, we got no money to pay rent in this house. So we got to find a, big, a smaller house. And when we got money, oh, we now have to move to a bigger house, right? So we were always, always moving. So I always had this maleta that mm-hmm. I will keep for my staff, right? And now as an adult, when I 
marry my husband, he loves to travel. And so almost every month we go somewhere for like a three-day weekend. Like every month, that's like part of our spending plan. Like we have to go somewhere, right? And at the beginning of our journey doing that, I was the, the alert that you talk about where I was like, wait, I have to pack and leave. Like, what if I don't get back? Like my brain was sending those signals, right? And so how that was translating into my finances was, well, I got to go buy something. Oh, I got to spend the money because mm. what if I don't come back, right? And so I had these like patterns that I learned actually through practicing tapping. And so I learned to, and even now I have to self-regulate myself when we're going somewhere and say, you're coming back. This okay. is your home. Yes. This is your home. It's, it's still your maleta, but it's a different maleta. Like this is a happy maleta. So you're always going to mm. come back. And um, I've been teaching my daughters to do tapping too when they like start like getting like, ah. Yeah, like let's do something. So I'm fascinated by this topic. And of course, I can talk to you for hours. But I want to ask you through your journey of um, running your business, growing your business, what has been one of the best investments that you made maybe in the last couple of years? Hiring a really expensive coach. But let me tell you why. I was in a place with in my business where I was like, I'm stalled. So I'm either going to burn this to the ground and start something new or grow this. And I need support. And so as a coach, I'm a coach, you're a coach. We need coaches. Coaches need coaches. Everyone needs a coach. <laughs> and so I found this woman and I was in a place of almost maybe desperation, I guess that's the word. But I was in a place where I was like, I'm ready for help. And she saw that. And that's when I talk about really using persuasion marketing for bad because she saw my need for someone and she was like, de aquí me agarro. Entonces, she was $1,000 an hour. And can you say that again for the listeners? She was $1,000 an hour. <laughs> and I hired her and we did, I think it was six calls, maybe eight. But I, me, for example, when I work with clients in business, especially, we have to do at least 12 calls because we don't get anything done as a call. Like six calls, we're barely like scratching the surface. Exactly. And so I always tell people we need to do, now I actually do 18 calls because even 12 sometimes feels too short. And so she was like eight calls. I was like, eight calls? We can get like anything done. Yeah. Yo te ayudo. I know how to do this. I've done it, whatever. So $8,000 later, nothing happened. And the reason why I call that as the best investment is because what the, the thing that actually happened is it allowed me to see that somebody can charge that much. Exactly. It allowed me to see that she believed in her work. It allowed me to see that it's possible to make that amount of money. And it also allowed me to see that I do, I do really good work. And so it leveled me up. Ethical work. I want to point that out too. Really good ethical work. Yes. And so that investment was good. It was it was an expensive lesson more so than a great investment, but it was good because it leveled me up in a way that it allowed me to believe in myself more because I was pissed. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I, I like asking this question to my guests because I know that you have people that follow you that perhaps want to work with you. I know I have so many mujeres that are listening right now to the podcast that have the desire to work with me, have seen my pricing and they're like, it's too expensive, right? Mm -hmm. Like the scarcity mentality kicks in and I'm not going to push them anything that they're not ready for. Because I know that when the time comes, they're going to come to me because what I'm doing is changing 
my client's life, right? What you're doing is changing the people that you're serving. And it's just that trust that you have to really learn in yourself and your ability to say, I'm going to make this move and it's going to change my life. So thank you so much for everything that you have <laughs> shared. I'm like drooling again, because I'm just thinking about, wow, this is such a great conversation. I want to finish with asking you, what is your definition of wealth? Yes. So let me, let me bring that up so I can, I can tell it to you the way that it, it needs to come out. So wealth to me is being so resourced, feeling so safe that you are able to give from your overflow. Wealth is co-created to expand our human health in all aspects of our existence for the good of all. So wealth is to be shared, not to be hoarded. Oh, love it. Love it. That is so, oh, I'm like, I'm just loving this conversation. I know I said that like 200 times already. But lastly, <laughs> where can people find you, Pam? And how can we support your business and, of course, help you with sharing all of this amazing knowledge that you have? Thank you. Yeah, you can find me at gafacompam.com or on the socials at gafacompam podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I just kind of like hopped on the TikTok train. So I'm Govacombam Pod. I don't think I have any videos yet. Maybe, I don't know, by the time this episode comes out, maybe I'll have some. And um, how can you support my business? Well, I have a 30-day tapping challenge that it's specifically to uncover money. Because one thing that I noticed was that my clients would come and they would bring that like, oh, you're too expensive. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe you need to work on your money first and then come back. So that's why I created that 30-day tapping challenge that people can join at any time. And I can give a little discount if you want for, for your listeners to join. And yeah, so for that one is tappingchallengewithpam.com if you're interested and curious to see. If you and I want to say definitely invest in that 30-day tapping because it's a practice that is just fascinating. So thank you again for coming to the podcast, Pam. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future and maybe a collaboration or something like that. Yeah, I think we have one coming, right? We're going to come together, confirm. Yes, I will. Thank you, Lucy, for everything. This is thank awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mujeres, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you found value on this episode, don't forget to share it with your amigas. And don't forget to subscribe whatever you listen to podcasts to be notified when the next episode releases. It would also mean the world to me if you can make time out of your busy mujer schedule to write a review for us on Apple Podcast. Are you spending time on social? So are we. Come say hola to us. You can find us on IG under at Viva La Budget and Finance. And if you are ready to take charge of your finances and your dinero, check out the show notes to get started and apply to work with us. Hasta la próxima, busy mujer.